Is fat always bad? Should we cut carbs? Or go vegan? Or how about paleo? What's the best way to lose weight? Or avoid diseases? Or just feel good? We're faced with so much confusing information about food and nutrition in our daily lives that it can be difficult to know what healthy actually looks like. But here on the Optimum Nutrition Podcast, we separate the fact from the fiction. I'm Hattie Wilmoth, a journalist and communications officer at the Institute for Optimum Nutrition. And each week, I'll be talking to an expert about a specific topic in the world of nutrition. Together, we'll discover how powerful food can be for our health and happiness. We'll find out how a healthy diet looks different for everyone. And because food is so personal, with each of my guests, we'll talk a bit about what food means to them. The Institute for Optimum Nutrition, ION or ION for short, is one of Europe's longest established nutritional therapy training providers. In partnership with the University of Portsmouth, it delivers a range of courses to suit a range of needs. Whether you're new to nutrition, you're looking to build nutrition into your practice as a healthcare professional or fitness coach, you want to become a registered nutritional therapy practitioner or you're already qualified and looking for some CPD. Go to ion.ac.uk to find out more. For this episode, I'm delighted to be joined by Leila Gordon, an award-winning nutritional therapy practitioner based in Poole, Dorset. One of Leila's pet subjects is the essential fatty acids, which is what we're talking about today. This episode gets a little complicated, but we approach the subject step by step, starting off with what the different types of fats are and gradually delving further into the nitty gritty, making sure to explain everything as we go. It should therefore be accessible to everybody. I ask Leila, to what extent is fat bad? Why are the omegas so essential? How can we look after our heart health? Which foods should we limit and which foods should most of us eat more of? How can vegans ensure they don't miss out on healthy fats? And where do supplements fit into all of this? It's quite a thorough chat. If you're new to nutrition, there are plenty of practical tips for how to support your health with foods and supplements. And if you're a bit more of a nutrition geek, we also get on to talk about how this works at a cellular level, as well as lipid profiles and the future of functional testing. If you like this episode, you can find out plenty more on the ION website. That's ion.ac.uk. And there you can also discover information about a CPD course run by Layla. The course is called Men's Health, an Undiagnosed Epidemic, and it's suitable for nutrition and dietetic professionals, as well as final year nutrition students and healthcare professionals in adjacent fields. But without further ado, please enjoy my conversation with Layla Gordon. Layla Gordon, welcome to the Optimum Nutrition Podcast. We're so delighted to have you with us. We're going to start, as we always do, with a couple of quick fire questions. So my first one to you is, what's one of your favourite go-to weekday dinners? Mm, good question. I do like to throw together a bit of a stir-fry with um, different coloured um, vegetables, with brown rice, salmon um, with harissa paste on top with some soy sauce and sesame oil in with the uh, stir fry and that takes 15-20 minutes and it's really yummy. I'm going to try that. (laughs) (laughs) And then what's a food that makes you feel nostalgic like reminds you of childhood? Mm, That is a very good question. Um, It's got to be a a nice breakfast with um, scrambled eggs and avocado with toast and yeah, yeah. avocado on toast as a child. Yeah. Really? <laughs> For me, it would be like Angel Delight from the packet. <laughs> Not something I'm proud of, but very nostalgic. Well, I grew up on a farm, so oh, wow. I've always had, you know, access to maybe some, some meats and some vegetables okay, and fruits okay. that maybe it, it wasn't the norm to have, I yeah. would say. <laughs> Amazing. 
do you want to start off by telling us a little bit about mm. you? So how did you get to become the nutritional therapist you are today talking to us about fats? Mm, sure. Well, um, as you know, I'm a registered nutritional practitioner and I studied with ION. But if we take it back, you know, right back, as I said, I was brought up on a farm by the River Nile until I was five. Wow. So my roots are with nature, with Mother Earth, with the ground. I grew up around animals and plants and water. Um, so it's really, it's really inbuilt in me. My father uh, owned a Middle Eastern cuisine banquet when we moved to the UK. So I used to help him with the prep of the vegetables and actually the hosting as well. I then saw um, some of my family members really struggling with their health and that really led me to want to find out more and more and more about health. And that's when I stumbled across Patrick Holford's books and that's when I started really getting excited and involved and then finally signing up with the Institute and I now have my practice based in Dorset where I help hundreds of people with their health. That's so cool. And then what did you do anything professionally before you became a nutritional practitioner? Yeah, so um, originally my first degree is in cultural and media studies. Okay. Um, and I would say my career you know, peaked really in the dot-com boom. I worked for Microsoft, so completely different. Um, And then another change of career, we had a family-run hotel for 13 years. Oh, my goodness. A big hotel by the sea in Bournemouth. But at the same time, towards the end of that period, I was studying, um, first of all, herbal medicine, and then the science access course, um, and then the actual diploma. Amazing. When did you graduate from my Two years ago. Two years ago. Oh, congratulations. That's quite recent. Yeah. Okay, cool. Amazing. So today we're going to be talking about fats. Would you Mm -hmm. say this is like one of your specialist areas? It is becoming one because I feel very passionate about it because of the health benefits. Um, And also because um, it is quite a complex area, but a very interesting one I'm finding. Okay, amazing. So we're going to start off by addressing the misconception that fat is bad. Fat's been demonised so much mm. from every direction um and a lot of people think in general fat the word even the word fat is a is a bad word mm. um is fat bad not necessarily and it's quite controversial mm. and actually a couple of decades ago there was a study done in america and it was looking at the impact of fat versus sugar on the body okay now unfortunately that's that study was funded by the sugar industry so you can guess what the outcome was. And so that has why it's led to um, the removal of fat from the foods and in place of that goes sugar. And that's partly why we have seen an epidemic of obesity, um, diabetes, cancer, heart disease in the last couple of decades. So essentially, no, fat isn't bad. We do have to be a bit cautious of saturated fat, I would say, to try to limit that. But if anything, you might want to consider sugar being more dangerous than fat. Okay, and what is saturated fat? Saturated fat is hard and it's not it's not fluid, so it's quite thick. So you can imagine that the ghee, you know, it's in animal products, it's in meats, it's in some dairy, and it contains cholesterol and it can increase cholesterol. So in many ways that's good because we want some level of cholesterol, we want some level of all of the fats, we just don't want too much of them. Sure, everything in moderation. Exactly. <laughs> and then what are the other types of fats? So we've covered saturated fats. 
Yeah, exactly. So we've got saturated fat and unsaturated fat. Okay. okay. So the saturated fat we've touched on, and there's mm -hmm. different types of saturated fat. You then have unsaturated fat, and these are monounsaturated and polyunsaturated. Okay. okay what does that mean? <laughs> that is, I know, we're all getting quite technical now. Yeah. So within the um, polyunsaturated, mm -hmm. we've got the omegas. The omega-9, omega-6, and omega-3. And the reason they're called different names is all to do with the number of carbon bonds. And this relates to how fluid they are, which okay. is what I'm coming back to. Because the more beneficial fats mm. generally have more fluidity and a certain number, that magic number, omega-3, mm -hmm. which we'll come mm -hmm. on to. Okay, so when we're talking practically foods, mm -hmm. what are the kind of foods we're talking about when we're talking about unsaturated fats? Never mind the omegas, yep. whatever number they are. Just unsaturated fats, what are we thinking? Okay, so top line, we've got monounsaturated fats. Mm -hmm. Okay, these are the omega nines. For example, olive oil. Okay. There can be no doubt that olive oil is beneficial for our health. Okay, this is the Mediterranean diet. This is um, highly anti inflammatory, it's very beneficial, and that's a monounsaturated fat. Then again, we have the polyunsaturated fats. Now, of that, you've got the omega-6s and the omega-3s. And we do want these in our diet, we just want them in the right ratio. Okay. When you're talking omega-6s, you're talking possibly more towards seed oils and vegetable oils. And again, there's some natural sources. So for example, avocados might be high in omega-6. Mm. But this is a natural form, you know, this has not been changed by um, you know, the, the industrial production. This is a natural form of work, vegetable or seed oil. And these are the omega-6s. The omega-3s, on the other hand, you're talking more walnuts, flax seeds, chia seeds, and the fatty, oily fish. Now, these are really, really beneficial. And one of the problems is, in the last couple of hundred years, the industrial processing has enabled the higher processing of seed oils. We couldn't actually process them before. They found out, wow, we can do this. We can pop them in lots of packaged products. They're long-lasting. You know, they're great to add to foods because they're cheap. And unfortunately, this has led to a higher consumption of the omega-6s, and we're having a lower consumption of the omega-3s, which are those crucial fatty acids. Okay, okay. Because a lot of the time people hear the word omega and mm. think that's going to be good for me, that's mm. going to be healthy, mm. um, and that maybe eating more omega fats in general is going to be better for my health. Yeah. What's wrong with that assumption? So there's nothing wrong with getting a good mix of the omegas, even the omega-6s. We need to a certain degree, okay. but we just don't need to, so much of them. This is the problem. We're consuming too much and it's putting us out of balance. Again, it's all about balance, as we said at the mm -hmm. start. So it's important to look at this and think, right... You know, we've got the ALA omega-3s, which is your plant sources, which is things like the, um, you know, even spinach and Brussels sprouts, for example, contain ALA. Mm -hmm. So we want to make sure we're getting a good variety in our diet of these vegetables and also focusing on some of these, what we call oily fish, the smash foods. So mm -hmm. salmon, herring, anchovies, mackerel. We're not eating them every day. We maybe should be. And because of that, it's offsetting the balance in favour of the omega-6s, which can unfortunately be what we would call inflammatory. And we'll come on to talk about that. Yes, okay, so to recap, because this is already mm. getting quite technical, we need omega fats 
369 unsaturated fats. We can get them from lots of different types of foods. It's about the ratio that matters. And currently in our Western diet, we're eating too much of the omega-6 and not enough of omega-3. That, is that is that That's right? exactly correct, yeah. Okay, great. And a lot of people call the omegas essential fatty acids. What does that mean and why are they essential? Yeah, that's a great question. So you might have also heard of the essential amino acids. We also have mm-hmm. the essential fatty acids. Okay. Ultimately, that means that our bodies are unable to produce them ourselves. So we need to source them from the diet. Um, and now, as I said, the ALA is the plant form and that will get converted into EPA and DHA but the conversion is quite small so we're not actually getting possibly much from those the walnuts the flax seeds the chia seeds so it's important that we do potentially look at the other sources algae oily fish for example Mm -hmm. um, other um, animal products contain direct EPA and DHA which cannot be produced by our bodies but they are essential for our cell membrane health and that's why we need to source them okay so ala epa dha correct those are different types of omega essential fatty acids yeah so going back to the ratio idea what are the kind of foods that we're eating a lot of now that we may not have done historically Mm. that are throwing off our balance of these omegas yeah, that is a very yeah, that's a very good question. So we have what we know as vegetable oils. Mm-hmm. Now, again, we can talk about the monounsaturated, the olive oil, for example. This has been done for centuries, pressing the olive oil and extracting the oils. This is a, a very sort of natural process that has been happening for centuries, and these are beneficial. These vegetable oils can be sourced from nuts, seeds, fruits, grains, legumes. Great. The problem is, like I said industrial processing has worked out how to extract from the seed seed oils and unfortunately they can use you know chemicals they can denature the actual you know molecules themselves this is not a natural thing that we're consuming and also we are consuming a lot of it so seed oils are quite new to our diets and they are um, things such as corn cottonseed soy sunflower seed sapphire grape seed and these can all be found if not hidden in certain things like baked goods processed foods you know packaged foods um you know the things that we just in the western world are unfortunately eating more of and this is what's causing the problem the the example i always think of are crisps exactly i love crisps we all do Um, but yeah (laughs) baked goods crisps okay yeah (laughs) seed oils yeah (laughs) Yummy things. Yeah, yummy things. Yeah. Um, Also, another thing a lot of people think is that something like omega three is just a bonus. You know, if you can get it, great. But like, if you don't, whatever. Why is omega three so important for our health? Yeah, well, I I do think um, in the research that I've been conducting over the last year or so that the omega-3 fatty acids, particularly, um, you know, the EPA and the DHA are essential. They're not a bonus. They're not an add-on. We really do need to be focusing on these. Um, And so some of the issues that can occur if there is a deficiency, I mean, the list goes on, but really there can be problems with skin, hair, nails, cardiovascular health, brain health, 
immune function, productivity, um, anxiety, you know, it's in every cell of our body. So if, if we don't have enough of it, then the cells aren't functioning properly. So we're not functioning properly. Okay, so we'll dive into a little, into, into a few of those things a little mm. bit. Why are the essential fatty acids important for our brain health? Because that's the one everyone thinks of, isn't it? Yeah. Have omega-3, you'll do well on your tests, that kind yeah, of thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Our brains are made of fatty acids up to 60 percent of the brain is made of these fatty acids okay so that indicates as to why they're so important for our brain health and they really do help to conduct you know the the messages the signals the lubrication everything is just essential um, for um, things such as, as you're talking about memory mood anxiety performance so particularly for brain health you're thinking you know prenatal and pregnancy baby brain because the mother's um, fatty acids are actually taken from her brain and used you know if there's a deficiency to help create the baby's brain and those first five or six years of life are just so crucial for the development of the brain Um, and all the way through life really we should be making sure that we're obviously nurturing and nourishing our brain with the essential fatty acids that they're made of okay and what about the heart because a lot of the sort of thing that we've heard is that saturated fat is particularly bad for our heart health what about the essential fatty acids how do they play into our heart health Mm. so there was a study done in 2017 and this actually looked at linoleic acid which is an omega-6 and it looked at the correlation between higher levels of omega-6 and cardiovascular risk and it actually showed that there was a high risk of the increase in LDL, cholesterol and heart disease from a high high level of omega-6. So we may want to be um, looking in a slightly different place when we're looking at this whole what's bad fat. Mm -hmm. Is it saturated fat? Which, yes, we do want to limit. It contains cholesterol. But we also want to be very aware of the inflammatory processes when it comes to cardiovascular health. Mm -hmm. And that's why I'm really interested in the omega-6 profile. So when we're thinking cardiovascular health, now there's another study that was done or a body of research that was done. And this concluded that by actually getting your omega-3 ratio above 8% can reduce your risk of cardiovascular disease by 19% and sudden cardiac death by 90%. Okay, I have several questions about that. So first of all, I want to clarify for people listening that LDL cholesterol is the type of cholesterol that's often dubbed the bad cholesterol right so mm-hmm. hdl is the good one right. so um and ldl is the bad one so you're saying that too high omega-6 according to this study was shown to increase the bad cholesterol not just cholesterol in general then you talked about the an eight percent ratio mm. what does that mean so you want your omega-3 Um, index the amount of omega-3 in your blood to be above eight percent to really get those cardiovascular protective processes in place most labs that big labs that run blood tests will Mm -hmm. run a test like this and there's um, a lab in Norway that specifically analyzes blood fats Mm at many levels so one particular test they will look at it will analyze the previous 120 days of someone's red blood cells a bit like your HbA1c blood glucose okay so it's looking at the levels of 
these 11 fatty acids. It's looking at the saturated fat, the omega-9, the omega-6, and the omega-3 levels okay. in your red blood cells and your plasma. And by analysing this data, they can work out, first off, what your ratio of the omega-6 to omega-3s are, right. and also what level of omega-3 you have in your blood. Okay. That's important, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so cardiovascular is about the health of not just your heart, but also all of the blood vessels in your body and your entire blood system, right? Yeah, completely. So you think about the vessels in, in your arteries and everything that's flowing through them. We take it back a step. The real key to helping with the health of the arteries is to dampen inflammatory processes. And so that means reducing sugar, stress, high blood pressure, you know, your access to, um, you know, in- infections like viruses and things like this. These can all have an inflammatory response. Okay. And then from that, you then may see that the inflammation causes problems with the cardiovascular health. So what can we do to reverse or dampen that? And that's where I'm really interested in this ratio because um, we're talking about the omega-6s being more inflammatory. So I mentioned linoleic acid. Mm -hmm. You've also got arachidonic acid. Mm -hmm. Now you want these, as I say, in small amounts because they actually, to a certain extent, will help the immune system only when you go over these levels, which we are consistently doing in the Western world, and actually possibly not getting enough of the omega-3s. So that index is, in many cases, for most people, below 8%. Okay. And this is what's offsetting the balance. Okay, so we've, we've dived right into it infla- inflammation there, and that is a term which is banded about a lot when we're talking about nutrition, and a lot of people don't quite know what it means. But that is to do with immunity, isn't it? The inflammatory process in our body. What what is that? And what do we mean when we're talking about reducing inflammation? Yeah, sure. So the the word inflammation is, you know, being used a lot. Mm -hmm. And you're right, it it links directly to the immune system. Um, And so what's happening, and I'll give you an example when it comes to what we're talking about, the omega-6s and the omega-3s. It makes sense to to use those as an example. Mm -hmm. So um, as I mentioned, the omega-6 are what we would call more inflammatory and the omega-3s are more Mm anti-inflammatory. And what happens is when you you induce these, when you take these into your system, if you have a good level of omega-3, it will take and lock onto the enzymes which actually um, create the next set of instructions shall we say for the immune system and they're able to sort of move the omega-6s out of the way they can't get hold of that enzyme so the omega-3s take over Mm -hmm. and so you can imagine the cascade is now one of an anti-inflammatory message so the immune system is sending these lovely anti-inflammatory messages around the body which are beneficial so when you've got enough omega-3, it boots omega-6 out of the way, exactly. and then you get a more anti-inflammatory response in your body. Okay, what does inflammation do? Let's get right to the basics. What does inflammation do? Because it's not necessarily just a bad thing. I mean, you've probably heard acute inflammation. We all talk about this. You have a cut, um, it bleeds, the immune system goes straight to the scene of the issue, and it's helpful. It helps to create an in- inflammatory process that helps to build back the tissue and cover over the cut. That's great, that's what you want in the short term. 
Here in this field and what we do, we're talking about the issue with chronic inflammation. Okay. This is long-term, low-grade chronic inflammation. So a similar response, similar mechanisms of action, but just happening over possibly many decades, mm -hmm. systemically around the body, you do not want your body to be inflamed because this can cause chronic diseases such as cardiovascular disease, as I mentioned, some cancers, obesity is linked to it, diabetes is linked to it, dementia, for example. You, you can almost imagine that these are inflammatory conditions, and this is what we're really trying to prevent. And again, we're saying that omega-3 is anti-inflammatory and omega-6 is pro-inflammatory. So, you've mentioned that essential fatty acids interact with every cell in our body. How? Yeah, great question. So every cell in our body is coated in a cell membrane, which is a fatty cell membrane. It's a, it's a lipid bilayer, it's called, okay? okay? So you can imagine every cell is, is coated with fatty acids. Mm -hmm. And it's a really complex process. It's very clever. So you've got the phospholipid bilayer that is either water or oil, um, resistant and they form this membrane around the outside of the cell which essentially has little doors that open things to let them in and let them out that's quite cute so really. <laughs> you're letting things in i know it's very cute yeah. each cell has its own little sort of universe going uh -huh. on in there and uh -huh. you're, we're letting the nutrients in so certain doors are opening up say right in you come mm -hmm. and certain doors are opening up say right let's take the waste out mm -hmm. okay so you can imagine you want this outer layer to be optimal functioning really well mm -hmm. now one of the problems is if you have a higher ratio of omega-6 then that outer layer can become quite hard and rigid okay so it's not able to let those nutrients in so well and it's not able to detoxify from the cell as well so when we're talking about detoxification that's when you're letting the waste out letting the waste out sure yeah so a, a real key to what we do in in nutrition is is looking at absorption and mm -hmm. detoxification absorption is key you can take all the supplements in the world you can eat all the healthy food in the world but if you're not absorbing them into the cell you're not getting the benefits sure. so by getting that um ratio more in balance so by increasing your amount of omega-3 to that three three to one balance so you do want it to be slightly higher in the omega-6s so it's three of six one of three mm -hmm. by doing that your cell membrane is becoming nice and buoyant and juicy and fluid. You can almost imagine it's like this mm -hmm. lovely sort of fluffy outer layer. Mm -hmm. And suddenly you're able to let those nutrients really get in. And, you know, the, de the, the detoxification process really happens more efficiently. And this has so many benefits for health. I mean, the list just goes on and on and on. I guess it affects every single nutrient, right? Every single nutrient in the body and all of the different toxic, like heavy metals and all of those things that we take into our body as well because, you know, the good things are taken in more easily and the bad things are taken out more easily. Is that right? Yeah, so I'm working with a client at the moment. I have quite a few clients um, who unfortunately have had or got chronic fatigue syndrome. So by working with these people and working at that cellular level, I can really help to dampen the inflam inflammatory process, which further helps to increase their energy. So for example, I've been working with this client for the last couple of months, and what we've done is we've worked on that cell membrane um, outer layer. So um, by letting the nutrients in, 
and by letting the toxins out, he's now able to better process the new nutrients that his mitochondria, the powerhouses of his cells, which are in the cell, need, and also give his cells a cleaner environment because that's also what they need. Mm-hmm. So by doing this, it's dampening the inflammatory process, which is also helping his immune system. Because when you're tired and you have chronic fatigue, it's quite likely that your immune system is trying to fight something off. Mm-hmm. Now, by working on the anti-inflammatory processes we've been able to help to essentially push out a latent virus increase his nutrient status dampen the inflammatory process in the cell which then gives him more energy so that he's got more energy for himself and that his immune system is taking up less energy trying to fight some sort of virus in his system so he's feeling great amazing so what are the kind of foods that you recommend that your clients eat now we're talking practically you know you're imagining a plate what what do we want to be on there because if you just look around in the supermarket for things that are labeled high in omega-3 one of the first things you're going to come across is margarine i would caution with margarine because um it's highly processed food and marketing companies are very clever when it comes to saying contains this or contains less of that and, and they, they brand it all over the box. Um, we want real food, essentially natural food from Mother Earth. You know, this is where we're going to get the right complex, the right matrix of these essential fatty acids. So when we're thinking um, of the plant-based versions um, of the omega-3s, we're thinking walnuts, flax seeds, chia seeds, hemp seeds, even um, tofu, spinach, seaweed, anything that's really green, chlorella, for example. This is going to contain a plant-based natural source of omega-3. As I mentioned, this is really beneficial, but the conversion in the body from ALA to DHA and EPA may be quite low. Mm -hmm. Now, DHA is important for particularly brain health and EPA is the one that's particularly implicated in the anti-inflammatory process. Um, And this is where you're really going to get the most benefit is by focusing on um, consuming as much of those as possible. And they come mainly from algae is the original source Mm -hmm. if you take it right back to the source the fish then eat the algae Mm -hmm. and then they obviously have the epa and dha in their systems we're looking at the small fish because we Mm -hmm. don't want big fish that contain other things Mm -hmm. as we know unfortunately such as mercury and toxins we're looking at small things anchovies we're looking also at herring um salmon sardines mackerel if you can eat these oily fish, they contain a great source of omega-3. Uh, there's other things as well. It doesn't have to be um, that. Um, there are, it's, it's fortified in some foods. You can also find it in eggs and yogurt, dairy products, for example, some meats. These all contain, to a certain extent, the essential fatty acids. Okay, one of the misconceptions that comes up, which I'm really pleased we're addressing today, is the idea that vegans are always going to miss out on omega-3 fatty acids always and that um, because the conversion rate is so low Mm. it's impossible to be optimally healthy on a plant-based diet what do you say to that yeah I mean I think you know just speaking from experience in my clinic really having worked with some vegans and, and some people who want to increase their 
their omega-3 ratio and do it you know using plant foods it is possible so we say that um, the current target for ala which is the plant source is 1.6 grams per day so if someone's being super healthy and they are sprinkling flax seeds and chia seeds and walnuts on their lovely healthy breakfast every single day Mm. there's a good chance they're going to get enough we just don't know what the conversion is because i believe that everyone converts differently Okay, so it's complicated and it's individual. It gets a little bit more complex. Some people might be able to get away with having less because they're a better converter. Mm -hmm. And I go, you just don't know Mm -hmm. until you do some testing. Okay, so who might need to supplement then? To be honest with you, I think everyone. Okay. I actually think that we should all be looking to get um, a supplementation of the EPA and DHA into our diet it's actually something that can be prescribed now by doctors Mm -hmm. and it's so important the issue is that even if we are eating an oily fish Mm. the recommendation was two to three times a week that's not enough the recommendation is now probably every day is that even enough and if we're eating it every day which fish have the best sources are we going to go farmed which has higher omega-3 but higher omega-6 are we responsibly getting it from the oceans Mm. is is this ethical to be eating it every day Mm. you know we can go down so many rabbit holes with this Mm. conversation that really i think it's it's one of those supplements i believe if if you can and you're able and willing what's the harm in taking a good quality omega-3 supplement every day it kind of strikes me that if you're having to eat so much omega-3 in order to get your ratio of omega-3 to omega-6 right Mm. surely one of the more sensible solutions would be just to look at reducing your omega-6 yes most definitely yeah so by just watching out for those baked goods those processed foods the packaged foods Um, And just taking a little look at the omega-6s and where the seed oils might be creeping in, Mm. um, it might be just um, opting for a couple of extra home-cooked, naturally sourced whole food meals per week. Over time, that is going to obviously um, decrease the omega-6s, which is going to help with that ratio. Okay, and when we're talking about baked goods, we're talking about the ones you would buy right rather Mm. than bake because when we bake we tend to use things like butter instead yeah going back to supplements then what are the types of supplements that you like to recommend to your clients um well i have found that omega-3 oil so as a liquid form might Mm. be more beneficial than a capsule form I, i do think that if it's in the liquid form it's going to absorb better into the body. Mm-hmm. Also, we need to be looking at, I would say uh, it's better to go with the higher quality premium brands for this because when the omega-3 is extracted in the production line because they have to take the, the mercury and the other toxins out, it may damage this quite delicate oil. So we don't know in the packaging process, the processing process, how much of these omega-3 essential fatty acids are actually left it's so complicated, isn't it? It's so mm. com- I know we did. Um, I only used to have an optimal nutrition magazine. This article that I'm about to speak about is now on our website. We did an article about the rancidity of a lot of omega three mm-hmm. supplements, yeah. and yet you still think that people should supplement 
anyway is that is it still worth it so i would i would caution like i say around the lower quality products okay. they may be rancid they may be prone to oxidation mm-hmm. you may just be taking something that doesn't actually include a lot of the goodness left mm-hmm. now one thing you can do is look at certain um oil complexes now there are some on the market that will include polyphenols antioxidants at the source of production Mm -hmm. so what that does is that actually helps to lock in the goodness and protect the oils from turning rancid and you can also include the monounsaturated olive oil as well which potentially further helps to lock in the goodness Mm -hmm. and help with the absorption into the cell so this is where we're really getting quite clever i think with how we're able to lock in the goodness and absorb these essential fatty acids in a supplement form so when we're talking about supplements you keep mentioning oils that's fish oil right that's that's what you're talking about so what about vegans if they if the conversion rate of ala is quite low they may feel it's beneficial for them to supplement the essential fatty acids what can they take instead that isn't fish oil based yeah, sure. So I think, you know, if someone wants a safety net and they want to make sure they are getting, you know, enough of the Amigas, by all means, there are algae um, Amiga supplements. Mm-hmm. So great, they go right to the source because that's what the fish ate in the first place. Um, and there are products on the market that are vegan sources of Amiga 3, EPA and DHA. Right. The only issue is, I found, I believe these products to be um, more expensive because I think they're harder to produce. And I think that the ratios of EPA to DHA might be um, lower in terms of the EPA, which is the particular anti-inflammatory amiga. So, And also, generally, I think a slightly lower concentration of EPA to DHA. Mm -hmm. Um, I think maybe around one to two grams, whereas with with a high quality fish oil looking more three grams which is where you're really going to get most of the benefit but by all means it's 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 worth still looking into an omega um, three that's algae based if you're vegan cool what are some of the simple swaps that people can make in their own kitchens today in order to improve their omega-3 to omega-6 ratio um well i mean we're talking about oils in general here i think and i think we it's important to say that olive oil is very very important and very beneficial so always have on hand your olive oil um cooking low temperatures with olive oil um you know drizzling it on salads on you know any foods is going to be great so just always have that on hand and also get yourself um some you know chia seeds flax seeds walnuts and just think about how you can include those in your daily routine so sprinkling them here and there on your breakfast on your salads even you know any little thing done in small amounts on a daily basis is going to help with the ultimate goal and then i would say just trying to remove those packaged items um, that may contain the omega-6 seed oils um, and including obviously we talked about the smash the mm-hmm. oily fish mm-hmm. if you can stomach them great even if there's one that you prefer so i love salmon mm-hmm. so I, I really always try to make sure i'm having salmon two three times a week um, but on top of that you know in my household we do all supplement with an oil because i feel like um it just was the missing piece almost of the puzzle for our health Okay, and just to clarify, SMASH, because we brought that up a couple of times, Mm. what does SMASH stand for? Salmon, mackerel, anchovies, sardines and herring. Amazing, I did. I know I was putting you on the spot there. (laughs) It's okay. (laughs) But yes. What does the future hold for 
the essential fatty acids you know where where is the nutritional field taking us with, mm. with these with these omega-3s and omega-6s and all of that yeah sure well i think as i've touched on it's so key for health so you know i've touched on the benefits for cardiovascular health and i do think the lipid profile may even include this omega-3 index in years to come because um of the huge potential benefits for um, reducing cardiovascular risk also um there is huge benefit for brain health um, in reducing anxiety even adhd dyslexia memory sleep Uh, also we talked about inflammation so included in that we're looking at autoimmune conditions for example chronic fatigue it's good for eye health joint health skin health skin elasticity hair nails the list goes on so i'm really excited about the future and i think the future of nutrition or one of the parts of it would be test-based nutrition so we're actually looking at analyzing the um the levels of nutrients before we then put the supplement in Mm -hmm. and this is an exciting area for the omega-3s because as i mentioned you can test your fatty acid balance and that's literally just done with two drops of blood on a card it's a dried blood spot test mm-hmm. um, so you just have to prick your finger two drops of blood on a card and a lab will analyze that for you and it will show you your ratios your levels of these fatty acids and it will also show you your three to one ratio where you're at mm-hmm. now unfortunately in the western world it should be three to one i'm seeing this more like 15 to one 30 to 1 sometimes even higher this is really it's really uncommon Mm. to see it 3 to 1 at baseline this is just unheard of practically Mm -hmm. okay so when i tested mine mine was 5.1 to 1 so not terrible but there was some room for improvement (laughs) um so i think that's really fascinating area to be able to do a simple blood test that can see where you're at see where your three to one um ratio is and also your omega-3 index so what's your percent so are you near that eight percent do you have some way to go to get above that crucial eight percent for your heart health and then once you have that information you can then really focus on everything that we've talked about you know increasing your oily fish including the including the plant-based options maybe investing in a high quality um, omega-3 oil that will boost all of this for you and then you will not only i think feel the benefits yourself because it is quite noticeable, actually, when you start working on this for your health and your well-being, you really start to feel the difference. But then you can obviously retest in maybe four to six months and, uh, you know, see where you're at. And then it's, it's peace of mind as well to see the markers going from needing work to in the green. Amazing. If listeners come away from this episode with a few key takeaways, what do you want them to be? think of this for yourself and for your family because the younger you are when you um, focus on your omega-3s the better for your brain health Mm -hmm. think of this also for your heart health and your family's heart health because cardiovascular disease is one of the biggest killers worldwide and so um, anything we can do to care for our heart um, think about the omega-3s Um, and just think about putting this into your daily routine to just help with your overall well-being because ultimately that's what we all want to do is to feel better and live a long and healthy life 
Wonderful. Leila, where can people find you if they want to contact you or or get some nutrition advice or work with you or whatever? Yeah, sure. So I'm Leila Gordon Nutrition and you can mainly find me on Instagram, which is Leila Gordon Nutrition, but I'm on LinkedIn, I'm on Facebook and it's easy to find my website, which is laylagordon.uk. So yeah, thank you for having me. Thanks so much for joining me. It's been great. Thank you. Thank you.